Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see It's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. It is not because things are difficult that we dare not venture. It's because we dare not venture that they are difficult. That was a quote by the Roman statesman Seneca. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Zara Hossinane and today the theme for our show is the gift of risk. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity. Today we are excited to announce again that we are, that Be The Star You Are has just been honored as a top nonprofit for the seventh consecutive year. Congratulations to all of the volunteers and supporters because you guys are responsible for making BTSYA first class. Today we have the gift of risk to talk about. And The Gift of Risk by Libby Gill from the book Be the Star You Are for Teens. She is a proud mom headed that headed PR at Universal, Sunny, and Turner and was the branding brain behind the launch of the Dr. Phil show. Now she's an executive coach, speaker, and best-selling author, and she's appeared on the Today Show, CNN, Oprah and Friends, and more. So this is The Gift of Risk by Libby Gill. I majored in theater in college. While it didn't make me a Broadway star, it definitely taught me how to think on my feet and occasionally how to fall flat on my face. Having gone to six different schools for my six years of high school, I'd become a shy loner by the time I got to college. Even so, on my first day as a college freshman, I was bitten by the theater bug when I saw a sign that read, Auditions for the Women. You might know the women as, the, as a Meg Ryan movie, but I knew it as a catty femme fest from the 1939 film starring Joan Crawford and Rosalind Russell. I figured if I ever had a shot at getting a part in the play, an all-woman cast would help. I auditioned and got the part of, drumroll please, the dress shop girl. Okay, so it wasn't much of a part, but it was a beginning. I was so psyched I immediately signed up to be a theater major. Just one little wrinkle. Now that I had declared I had to participate in the new student auditions for the entire department and faculty by performing a monologue. At this point, I'd never been in a play in my life, and I barely knew what a monologue was. But did that stop me? No sorry. I marched down to the library and checked out a handful of plays. And what do you suppose I chose? Shakespeare's Lady Macbeth, of course. The perfect role for a totally inexperienced 18-year-old engineer. Not. Surprisingly, my risky theatrical debut paid off and I came in third. Did I mention this was a competition? Out of the dozen students auditioning, not bad for a newbie, but that was just the beginning. My next big stumble came when one of my professors told me I needed to work more on voice. He didn't say exactly what that meant or where I should go get it, but I I was undeterred. This time, I marched myself over to the music department and signed up for an opera class. Did I mention that I wasn't a singer? I figured I'd just warm up the old vocal cords, learn a few artsy songs, and dazzle my classmates with an area, an Italian no less, for my final exam. Ha! I barely warbled my way through my song, forgot my lyrics, and lost the melody while the music majors looked on trying to disguise their horror and pity for me. Major ouch. (laughs) I got a C in that class, the lowest grade of my entire college career. It not only brought down my GPA, but also crushed my spirits. As far as I was concerned, a C didn't only mean that I was a lousy singer, but a total loser. But you know what? Even though I didn't realize it at the time, later on I saw that it took guts to get up there and sing my aria with a bunch of real singers watching me. Eventually, I recognized that C for what it was, that C for what it was, courage. I found the courage to take a risk, even if it meant I might fall, fall on my face. That's what I want you to be able to do in your life. 
whether at school, in sports, or in the arts. Go after something that gives you butterflies in the stomach. Take a risk. Fall flat on your face. It's the best place to be when you're ready to pick yourself back up again. So we have another exercise for you guys. It's called Risk Taker's Tool for Teens. And here are some things that you guys can try to build your risk-taking skills. And please understand that I'm not talking about crazy stuff like drag racing or sticking your hand in a lion's cage. I'm talking about (laughs) healthy, positive risks that can expand your awareness and stretch your skills. And why not try one of the following, which is think of something you've always wanted to do but have never tried, like snowboarding, bungee jumping, or sailing lessons, and grab a friend, parent, or sibling, or all of the above, and give it a try. And I can actually relate to this one, snowboarding. So when I lived in California, I had never been snowboarding before, but I actually did try skateboarding. And I was scared Mm. Because I've never actually been on a skateboard. And I know that you have no control over it except for (laughs) your feet are what controls the board and your knees and your hips and all that stuff. So that terrified me. I was like, I I have no, like, control with my hands. I can't direct it where to go with my arms or anything like that like you do with a skateboard or a car or something like that. So I tried it and I was a little scared. I fell off a few times and got hurt a little bit. But that was fine. And then I moved to Colorado, and this is, like, the best place to go snowboarding. And um, so we went up to one of the ski resorts, and I tried snowboarding for the very first time. I went on the bunny slope, but when you're a first-time snowboarder and you're on the bunny slope, it looks like a direct fall down to the bottom of the earth. Because oh, it was like such a steep hill because you've never done this before. So I tried it and it was actually a lot of fun. And now I am just absolutely in love with snowboarding. Like I wish I could just go every single day. Like, so taking a risk like that, doing something that you've never done or possibly even afraid of before you've ever yeah. tried and you love it, that's another passion that you have, which I think is super cool. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Like the fact that, I mean, I don't know. I always thought that skateboarding and snowboarding too, like wouldn't be that much different, but turns out they are. So, <laughs> all right. So the <laughs> second um, part of the exercise is indulge in the arts by taking guitar lessons, a comedy improvisation class, or a ceramics workshop. Even if your peers don't get it or think it's dirty, who cares? Don't be afraid to forge your own path. And I definitely relate to that a lot too, because, you know, sometimes I have these, like, I've never like taken any, like, actual, you know, guitar lessons or something like that, like a comedy improvisation class or something like that. But sometimes I do want to do kind of like strange things that like nobody else wants to do. You know, like when I sit long when people are like, oh, what should we do this Saturday? Sometimes I'll be like, oh, well, there's this really cool like exhibit at this museum. Maybe we should go there. And they're like, what? Like, <laughs> who wants to go to a museum for fun on like a Saturday <laughs> night? So like, I think, you know, even something small like that is kind of taking a risk because you know that you know, most people aren't going to really understand why you want to do something like go to a museum, but you just put it out there because, you know, Mm -hmm. it's something that you enjoy and you hope that you can kind of spread that joy too. Yeah, exactly. I think creating relationships with somebody in general or just creating a friend or anything like that is a risk on its own because you don't know that person, you don't know who they are, you know, but if they judge you or, or just something like that. So things like that, that's a, that's a risk in itself. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. So we have another one. It's called, um, it's joining a group or a club that intrigues you and meeting some friends and getting involved in doing something good for your school or maybe even the planet. And this kind of ties into what we said before, you know, meeting some new friends and creating new relationships and doing something that intrigues you. That's another risk, you know, finding something that you never thought you knew you would enjoy. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that, too. And again, that's just so relevant in everyone's life, I think, as well, because like, um, you know, even at school, like, definitely at like public schools and stuff, it's kind of like, easy to get overwhelmed by how many people there are. And sometimes you're like, wow, like, everyone at my school sucks. I'm like, I hate everyone. Uh, you know, you get like, really everybody's mentality right now. Yeah, exactly. So like, you know, it gets kind of stressful sometimes. But sometimes you do, I feel like find this like, group of people and sometimes you don't even have to look far to find them and Mm -hmm. somehow you just kind of mesh well with them whether it's because you know you're part of some club it's like you know feminism club or something and like everyone in that club wants to talk about something that interests you too or like a group of like friends that you never Mm -hmm. thought that you would get along with um like I don't know you can definitely surprise yourself just if you have the initial courage to take a risk and try to forge relationships with people that you never thought you forged relationships with. 
So then the fourth part of this exercise is volunteer in an animal shelter, hospital, or place of worship. Even if you've never done any kind of community work, you might be surprised how much you'll learn and how good it feels to give back. And I think we can definitely relate to that with all the work that we do with Be the Star You Are as well. Yeah. You know, I think we're definitely taking a risk just being on the show and voicing our opinions because, you know, some people, they may not like what we talk about or they'll get offended by what we say. And I think that's also a risk in itself, too. We're talking about things that people may not agree with, but I think that's okay. You know, we're we're creating new ideas. We're creating new opinions, something that people can agree or disagree on. And if you disagree with something, that's awesome. You know, you have your own kind of opinion and you have your own belief that you have for yourself. You don't have to agree with anything. You know, if you have something that you disagree with, maybe you have a different idea. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree with that, too. It's just, like, it's nice to, like, have this outlet where, like, you know, we share our opinions. And it's not, like, mm-hmm. telling everyone, oh, you have to stick by this. But it's just, you know, putting it out there, seeing what other teens think and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And another one that we have is set a goal for yourself that's a real stretch. And now here's the catch. Share that goal with others and ask them to help you keep accountable to reaching it, you know. Have people that will help you along the way say hey have you done this yet or hey have you reached a certain part of your goal or hey what have you done today to reach your goal or anything that will help you get a step farther and that's that's pretty hard too because you have somebody who's keeping you accountable for something they know what you're doing so it's not like you can try and skip out on something like that so good luck guys and take a risk and we also have a quote uh, it's to fall flat on your face is human and to get up is divine. And that's by Libby Gill. Ooh, I like that. Well, thanks Asia. That was like an awesome discussion and an awesome story as well. Um, if you want more stories and encouraging chapters like these, check out our award-winning book, Be the Star You Are for Teens. Simple gifts for living, loving, laughing, learning, and leading. During the break, everyone, please be sure to check out our brand new radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com for photos, descriptions, links, and more. I'm Zara Hassanay. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. Also, please visit our charity site at btsya.org and watch our fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash be the star you are. Stay right here with us as we continue our conversation with an inspirational guest on the topic of risk. Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. You're a responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our uplifting and inspiring program. I'm Zara Hosnade, and you are listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. Today, our show is all about risk. Joining us this week is Lupa. Lupa is an author, artist, and amateur naturalist in Portland, Oregon. She's the author of several books on nature-based spirituality. Most recently, Nature Spirituality from the Ground Up, Connect with Totems in Your Ecosystem. Hello, Lupa. Hi. How are you folks doing tonight? 
Great. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Awesome. So when did you discover your nature-based spirituality? Can you tell us about that? Um, well, it was about 20 years ago. I was 17 years old. Um, I'd always loved being outdoors. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was a kid who was always running around in the woods and turning over <laughs> rocks and catching garter snakes, taking them home, scaring That's my sisters, things child. like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty great. So when I was 17, I ran into uh, a group of friends, um, not my closest friends, but, uh, you know, people I knew. And um, we got to talking about things, and they were talking about uh, being a part of a spiritual path where nature was more central than just being sort of a sideline of creation. Um, Mm -hmm. It was the idea that that the sacred was within nature. Um, not just a byproduct of it. And so really, um, that spoke to me. Yeah, that's so cool. I think because, you know, often we just think of nature and spirituality as completely separate things. Whereas I think there is a lot to be said about finding spirituality in nature and kind of almost treating it like um, it were a kind of religion. So what was it like converting from the religion that you were raised with to a new one? Well, um, I was raised Roman Catholic. I uh, went to a Catholic school from first through eighth grade. Uh, I was an altar server for about 10 years. And so I was never really exposed to a lot of religions besides that growing up. Um, You know, it wasn't a bad thing. It just there were a lot of things that didn't really make sense to me or that that weren't weren't really answered. And so... You know, for instance, the idea that, you know, man shall have dominion over the earth and all the animals and plants and so forth are there to, to, you know, serve humanity Mm -hmm. just never really sat right with me. So, so finding a different approach to spirituality um, that still acknowledged, you know, the divine and sacred and so forth, but giving the natural world a more active role than just being, you know, our, our big grocery store. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It it just made less sense. Yeah, no, I think that's like really cool too. And I totally, for some reason, I don't know, like this topic of like, you know, what is godly and what's sacred has been coming up a lot lately. I feel like, um, like even, you know, I had a, Um, conversation with my English teacher two days ago and he said you know like even if you don't believe in God you have to admit that there are so many godly things out there like when you go out into nature and you look at the mountains or you look at a sunset and you kind of think you know there is something that's bigger than you know people (laughs) so I think that's really cool and I think that's awesome you know when you find something that you can really connect with you know especially with with Lupa and how you connect spiritually with nature and you just feel just that genuine belief that we should be connected with it instead of separated from it. And I, I agree with that. You know, there are so many things that are around us that are so beautiful and we take that for granted and, you know, we kind of view it as our own little shopping cart. And I think that we should take more time and really appreciate what's around us. Yeah. And it, it doesn't really, it, you know, nature spirituality doesn't have to be, a specific religion. Um, mm-hmm. I know people who are very deeply Christian, but who also have a very deep connection to the natural world, and they they find their version of the divine through that. So it's it's really a an approach rather than a, a dogma. Yeah, and it it's. It's crazy how we can view it as, you know, one specific religion. Like you said, um, people who can be deeply rooted in Christianity also have that connection with the spirituality of nature. And, you know, that's completely understandable because we were created here on this earth. This is our home. And we've been here. We were raised on this planet. And viewing this earth as something that we can connect to is wonderful, which is why I love traveling and going to different places and seeing different parts of the world. And it's cool because you get to experience multiple things at once in a lifetime. 
So what was it like moving away from your hometown to something new all on your own? Because that can be pretty scary. Um, it was, it was a challenge. I, I grew up in a, in rural Missouri and mm-hmm. I moved out after I was done with college at the age of 22. I went to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which was much bigger than where I grew up. Um, I was dating someone who had moved there for school at the time and I decided it was, you know, as good a place as any to go after graduation because there weren't that many jobs where I grew up. Mm-hmm. So I basically planned out, uh, you know, getting the U-Haul and getting my stuff. And my boyfriend at the time came down and, and helped me with loading everything up. And we, we drove it up. And it was it was scary because I was leaving behind everything that I was, had been familiar with for yeah. years and years and years. And I'd, I'd visited Pittsburgh a few times. But, you know, living there, actually being a part of it, uh, that was, that was a big change for me. Yeah. yeah, I think that definitely, that makes a lot of sense too, because, you know, coming from a background that is rural and going to something extreme, like a place that's extremely urban and also just, you know, it sounds like you said you were raised in like a very Roman Catholic family as well. I think it's, you know, it's definitely a risk to just, you know, I don't want to say leave that behind, but yeah, like, you know, move from that kind of environment to a completely new one. Um, so you've had your own business for over a decade, and a few years, few years ago, you even became self-employed. Um, what challenges did you face to achieve that? Um, well, uh, I've been I've been building up my artwork for uh, well, again, as you said, well over a decade, and I've been writing for a little over ten years. And one of the things that a lot of people don't realize when you're starting a business is that you don't just start making tons of money and, and therefore, you know, you can retire early. You know, that happens in a very mm-hmm. few cases. But what a lot of people don't realize is it's a lot of work. It's good work. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if you're in a business that you really enjoy, you'll feel motivated to keep working at it. But I was not as prepared as I thought I was for just the stress of uh, having to pay attention to little details, everything from timing uh, income so that, you know, the bills get paid to making sure I had the supplies I needed in time for, you know, making everything for an event. And so probably one of the biggest challenges, like I said, was just being able to take care of all those details uh, and, and meet deadlines as I went along. That, that sounds like a very busy schedule. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having your own business is a huge risk and being self-employed is a huge risk in general because that's something that's very unpredictable and it's pretty much based all on you. You know, the work that you do is what you get paid for. So you have to constantly be aware of that. And I even started my own business at the age of 13 and that was a huge risk in, in whatever kind of standard that you have because being 13 years old, you know, you've never really had a job because you're not old enough until you're 16. So starting a, a business was crazy because I had no idea what I was doing and I did have the support of other people and people even gave me their own opinions which I did take into consideration so that actually helped me along the way so what happens when you take a risk you know sometimes that could end in failure or it could be a bad idea and people may give you their opinions what do you do when you take a risk and people give you their opinions do you take them into consideration or I I do Um, you know, it, it depends on, you know, person to person, you know, the people who know me best and who know what I've been working on and, and what Mm -hmm. kind of a person I am, I, I tend to give their opinions a little more weight because they know me and they have a little better idea of what I'm capable of. And so I've learned to trust them when they say, Hey, I think you might be taking on a little bit too much. Or when they say, you know, I bet you could push yourself a little bit harder and maybe achieve another goal. 
And um, sometimes people have really good ideas for, you know, maybe artwork that I could create or new business uh, opportunities that I hadn't even thought of. Um, so, you know, I do trust myself the most, but I do also listen to others because they bring their own lifetime of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's a 13-year-old with her first business or a 60-year-old mm-hmm. who's had 10 of them. Yeah, Everybody has important things to talk about and to share. That's very, very true. Yeah, I totally agree, too. And I think it's, you know, it's easy to think that just by being your own boss, you're going to have a great time and you won't have to, you know, worry about all the little things. But I feel like, you know, you do have to worry about the little things even more. So that's really hard. Well, thank you so much. Um, for that awesome conversation, Lupa. To learn more about the fantastic things Lupa's doing, visit her website at www.thegreenwolf.com. And support our show with these amazing segments by giving a donation to the Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this program. And for more information on how to do this, go to bethestaryouare.org and follow our blog. Again, that website is bethestaryouare.org. Org. Also remember to visit our new radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com. And when we come back from break, we will talk more with Lupa about her book, her life, and the risks that she's taken. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. You're a responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. Today's topic is the gift of risk, and I'm Zara Hasanay. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. We are excited to be back with Lupa. Lupa's book, Nature Spirituality from the Ground Up, invites you to go beyond simply exploring the symbols of nature and encourages you to bury your hands in the earth and work with the real thing. Hello, Lupa. Thank you for joining us again. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's good to be here. So what about when, because we were talking about you know, how you take into consideration other people's opinions when you're about to take a risk and the risk you took when you started your own business and became self-employed and everything that you've done so far. But what about when someone is trying to get you to do something risky that you aren't comfortable with? How do you stand your ground with that? That's a tough one because <laughs> um, it's really easy to question your own authority yeah, uh, especially when you're starting out on something uh, brand new. You know, I I started being you know really getting serious serious into my artist in, into my artwork uh, late in my teens, and you know people of course you know they they wanted to help me out and they'd give me advice and so forth. Yeah. and you know when when you're just getting started out with something, 
you don't really have a lot of experience to guide you. And so you maybe listen to other people more. And you can sometimes give other people the more authority than, than they deserve to, to tell you what, what they think you should do rather than listening to your own instincts or listening to what experience you have had. So, yeah, it's, it's, mm-hmm. so it's really important to me uh, to emphasize that, you know, no matter how new you are at something and no matter, you know, your age, experience and so forth, never be afraid to trust uh, your intuition and your feelings on something. If somebody is saying, hey, you're trying this new thing, whether it's a business or a hobby or a job or a, taking a new class, extracurricular or whatever, um, and someone says, hey, I think you should do this instead, and what you feel is, no, I really, really want to do this, um, and I have my reasons for it. Mm-hmm. It's really important to to be able to stand your ground in that regard and really be able to articulate what your reasons are. Even if that other person doesn't necessarily end up agreeing with you, mm-hmm. just having the ability to s- state clearly to yourself and others your reasons for what you're doing, mm-hmm. that's a really powerful thing to be able to do. Yeah, yeah it, it does. It states your credibility for that. And I think that's wonderful advice. Yeah, I think so too, especially, you know, the part that you mentioned about kind of joining your reason and your feeling to get, you know, just joining it, you know, like trusting your instincts, but also being able to back up your instincts mm-hmm. um, uh, and stuff like that. I think that's really important because a lot of times I think um, people get easily swayed because they think that by taking a risk, they'll automatically fail because they don't have as much experience or whatever as the person that's advising them. So how do you get through that experience of, you know, if a risk does end in failure, how do you um, trust yourself to, kind of, you know, um, trust yourself to make the right decision. Well, and that, that's another difficult thing to, to get through because we're told, especially uh, in this culture, we're taught a lot of the time that if you don't succeed at something, it means that you should never, ever try it again. Um, yeah. Whereas if you look at the experiences of a lot of successful people, whether that's inventors or musicians and other artists, uh, business people, a whole bunch of people who have done amazing things, they have this huge, long string of failures behind them. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. That's how we learn. It's like when we're really, really little kids and we're stumbling around trying to figure out how to walk and we're falling over and we're running into stuff. But with every single, you know, time we, we fall over, we get a little bit better at standing up and learning not to fall over again. And it's the same thing throughout our entire life. So again, you have to learn to trust yourself and your experience. You look back at what didn't go right this time. You mm-hmm. say, okay, it's not great that this didn't work out, but this is what I could change. And here are the things that went well. Here are the things that I can take with me going forward. So, you know, have that ability to kind of take a step back from your experience um, and really break it down into the good and the bad and what you can change about the bad. And it's totally okay if you need to take a break and go get a pint of Ben and Jerry's and just, you know, have an ice cream party with yourself for a little while to feel bad and then go back to it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's great advice too because there's definitely – you know, you need time to first of all heal, whether it's, you know, with Ben and Jerry's or something else. But also, you know, the fact that you think about it and, you know, if Thomas Jefferson, I mean, Thomas Edison's assistant told him, oh, you failed this time. Don't try to make a light bulb yeah. again or don't might try to do well this. Might as well just give up. Yeah, might as well just give up. Exactly. Or if you, you know, tell a little kid, oh, well, you can't like you failed the first time at walking. That means you'll never get it. You know, yeah. the fact that we don't we like, you know, think, oh, these people failed and that it was OK um, for them because they were geniuses or because, you know, they're babies and they learn, but it's not okay for us. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Like that same kind of, um, gift of failure does translate into our lives as well. I think. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with that. So even though we do have our failures and, you know, we do take our risks, especially with you, Luper, you know, taking the, the risks of all these things that you've done in, in your life, uh, with this journey, 
Do you have a support system that you surround yourself with? Oh, yeah. No, I have a lot of wonderful people in my life. Um, I have my, my partner who has been supporting me. You know, he's been my biggest cheerleader for years now. Awesome. Um, I have a lot of friends, um, you know, including a lot of people who are, who are doing the same kind of, of work that I'm doing uh, mm. with the art and the writing and other creative stuff. Uh, my family is um, really awesome about things. I tell my parents about the stuff that I'm doing, and they're they're really supportive and, and cheering for me. And um, even people that, that aren't really like my close friends, but who are, you know, business associates, um, you know, I've always felt really, you know, supported by them, um, you know, either when we're, we're talking about projects that we're doing or, uh, you know, trading ideas on, you know, some resources that we all need, maybe different venues we want to sell things at and you know, it's, it's just the more you do the kind of stuff that you want to do, the more you're going to find people um, to trade ideas with. And that, that's really important to have that network. Yeah, yeah. I think it's very important because, you know, when we're doing risky things, especially even if it's school or, or something that we're doing that we've never done before, it's always great to have that support system. And even if you're not taking a risk, just having a support system in general in life is a great way to keep yourself going. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it's awesome that you have people that will, you know, um, like ride it out with you through the failures. But um, I just want to ask what happens when you take a risk and it ends up in a success? Does that mean that you should take more risks? Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you should leap off a cliff or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, if you've had a success, it's perfectly fine to, to ride that, that positive feeling and think, yeah, I did this and I can do other great stuff. Um, it's that out with the, the practical ends of things. If I have a really successful art festival that I sell my art at and I've had a great weekend, I've sold a lot of art, I'm going to feel pretty good at the end of that. And that may help me feel more energized and positive when I go to the next art festival, maybe, you know, the next weekend. Um, but I also have to remember there's a lot of factors that are out of my control. You know, the weather, how many people show up, you know, whether they have money to spend or not. And um, so it's, it's great for me to take that, yes, I did this energy with me into my own actions um, as long as I remember that that's not the only thing that's at play. But it can help me get through the next time something goes wrong. Because then I can remember, yeah, this didn't work out. But remember that time when it really did work out? Yeah. No, that totally makes sense, mm -hmm. I think. You also... And oh, sorry, Zara. <laughs> oh, no, you can go. You can go. <laughs> okay. I just had a question. You know, we, we had mentioned your website before we ended the last summit. And it's called thegreenwolf.com. What makes you, uh, what made you come up with the name Green Wolf? Um, favorite color and favorite animal. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> that's a really cool name, actually. That's a cool comment. Yeah, you. and I think it fits really well, too. And I think that totally fits in with what you're doing, too. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. It definitely reflects nature in what you're doing. And it, it does sound like you have had a lot of times in your life when you've had to carefully balance a lot of internal and external factors, which can get really overwhelming. But does it get any easier along the way? Um, in some ways, yeah. As you get more experience in doing whatever it is you're doing, um, you know, there's, there's some skills and, and practices that you, you just learn to do by memory. Like sewing. I can hand sew all day. But I'm still learning how to paint with acrylics. Yeah. Um, that's so, that definitely takes practice. But it's yeah, so, so fun. Yeah. And, and as, as some things will get better, but there's always going to be things that are challenging to you. Um, I, I still, you know, have to remember every month that I don't have a regular paycheck. So I always have to keep doing <laughs> the budgeting. And, yeah. you know, that, that's always a big challenge. But I get better at, you know remembering the deadlines and making sure everything is in its place. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it's important to just remember that there's always going to be that balance of things, you know, you always know how to do and things that you keep learning how to do. And that's a good thing, I think. Well, sadly, we are out of time. But thank you so much, Lupa, for the terrific discussion. We appreciate your passion for 
um, Nature and Spirituality and Risk-Taking. Be sure to check out her book, Nature Spirituality from the Ground Up. To know more about Lupa, go to www.thegreenwolf.com. Again, that's www.thegreenwolf.com. During the break, be sure to check out our charity site at btsya.org, which stands for Be the Star You Are, 501C3 Literacy and Positive Media Charity. I'm Zara Hassanay. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. Don't forget to check out our newly refurbished site. We think you're going to love it. And when we come back, we will continue our inspiring conversation. Stay with us for more empowerment and entertainment on Risk. Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. You're a responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Zara, and our program is Express Yourself. Today, the theme for our show is the gift of risk. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. The second, we have our very own Art Attack reporter, Brigitte Gia, joining us. Hello, Brigitte. Hey, guys. It's Brigitte. And today, we'll be bringing you another installment of Art Attack. So today's theme is risk, of course. The whole radio show is about it this week. And this is kind of a subject that all artists really know a lot about. So... Art is an ever-changing form of expression. You know, you've got the different phases of, for example, Western art. You've got medieval, Renaissance, Baroque, Romantic, and Abstract. So what all of these artistic styles have in common is that they kind of originated from the methods of a few daring pioneers, a few single artists, who really risked their identities as artists during the time period from which they were deviating to kind of be able to express themselves the way that they wanted to. So, for example, if you have um, the Impressionists, for example, they deviated from the original school of art from, from which they were originating, and they deviated from kind of drawing everything from the view of the, the eye and shapes to really trying to capture light, which was their preferred medium of expressing themselves. And so many of these artists who started Impressionism, um, they had to risk their identities and their pride as artists to really step out of that zone and express themselves, in essence, the way that they wanted to. All right. And let's talk about Da Vinci for a little bit. So he's widely known, of course, as one of art history's biggest risk takers. And he conducted a lot of hands-on studies of the human body uh, right under the nose of the church, who banned it at the time. And so he kind of risked everything that he had. You know, he could have been excommunicated from the church and all of this because he wanted to satisfy his curiosity. So he, he conducted... Um, a kind of like balance equation in his mind, you know, is the risk worth whatever um, the action is going to bring? And he decided that fulfilling his curiosity, you know, was worth the risk of going against the Catholic Church. 
He also dabbled in, you know, designing a possible device for human flight, which in that time period, you know, had a huge risk factor. You were going out there and creating these devices that nobody had ever heard of before and nobody had ever tried to do. And so everything Da Vinci did really carried some risk right down to the Mona Lisa's, you know, um, alluring smile. And he really expressed himself and risked all that he was as an artist. And he genuinely seemed to enjoy it. He knew um, the risk to reward kind of scale that he was balancing and he was able to balance it. Or another example of this whole art and risk and how they're um, interconnected could be kind of the abstract art movement. So the general public, you know, didn't really understand cubism or surrealism or any of this abstract art back then when it just started in maybe the lost generation, the 1900s. And it's certainly still kind of difficult to comprehend some forms of abstract art. For example, the other day I was on social media and I saw a post about this abstract art painting that was literally just a blue canvas with some lines scrawled on it. And and it sold for a million dollars. And then they had a bunch of, you know, oh under that and commented. Yeah, they said, why is this selling for a million dollars? You know, like, yeah, they're like, oh, I could create this. Just give me some crayons and some blue paint. And so it's hard to understand abstract art still in this era when it's been around for a while. But the reason a movement based entirely on interpretations instead of painting what the eye could see exists is due to an artistic desire to kind of express oneself that really couldn't be suppressed by the risk of an audience not understanding one's work. So these these artists who started with cubism, surrealism, all this abstract art, they didn't really, you know, they didn't really mind the risk. The, the risk wasn't big enough uh, of them, you know, risking their entire career or their entire artistic pride wasn't big enough to suppress their voice as an artist or what they wanted to do with their art. Uh, 1950s pop art, for example, is also a really good example of this because pop art is kind of, you take popular culture. So some people or people in the audience are not going to respect that sometimes when mm. you look like you don't have, you know, like a serious uh, portrayal matter or subject. And so a lot of artists will you know, put a work out there and the audience will start grumbling, you know, ah, I don't understand this trash. You know, why, why is Andy Warhol painting a can of soup? Like I could do exactly. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but these artists really took the risk and the result was kind of like a huge variety of works that still influence and, you know, change our perspectives about the world that we see through mm -hmm. the artist's view or, you know, through the general public. So artists are, you know, always going to risk something while sending out their works. And artists can also actually express risk with their works. So um, in discussions about art usually, or like when we're in art class, when we're in an art history class, we often forget about cartoon art and the cartoon art world and what cartoon artists do for a living and how they express themselves as well. So propaganda and newspaper comic artists often deal with, let's say, political matters. You know, you've got a lot of political satire, political comics. Uh, so they deal a lot with more of bringing a direct message to the audience than, let's say, the traditional uh, painter would bring out there or sculptor. And no matter what side of a political debate, say, that they're on, comic artists are very adept at kind of showing the risk of a decision by the general public or the government, you know, uh, a, an artist that's well-versed in comic art and is making their career that way uh, usually has a good idea of what the risks of a certain decision are, and they use their art to depict these risks instead of um, just letting it go. So in this way, artists actually express what they think is riskiness in a situation, and so they're able to express risk through art. So in general, putting yourself out there as an artist is always difficult because you know, you're putting your everything on the line. Mm -hmm. Art is kind of like, yeah, an intimate relationship between the artist and the audience portrayed through a work of art. And so if you want to portray yourself to an audience, you're going to risk being criticized. You're going to risk people not understanding you. And you never really know how well your art is going to be perceived. So it's really risky to put uh, for an artist to put their inner feelings into a work and allow it to be criticized, allow people to judge it. But at the end of the day, there's like a balance between the two. And you really, uh, most artists decide to put themselves out there and really, there's there have been a lot of positive results. People may not understand what you're working for, but 
you've gotten your interpretation out there and there are a lot of people who will support you as an artist. And, you know, there have been composers, let's not forget the music world. Music is kind of intrinsically also art. Um, for example, composer Rachmaninoff, uh, he's very famous. We played one of his symphonies in my youth orchestra and I really like his works. Yeah. But, in his first symphony, he published his first symphony, and the premiere of that symphony was disastrous. He, you know, he put his heart on the line, and oh. people harshly rejected it, right? He, nobody liked the piece. It was just critics were slamming it. And for a long time, he struggled with that, struggled with coming to terms with his work. And, you know, he felt those criticisms hard. And he took the risk, and he did get hurt by it. But... He was able to make a strong recovery and he went on to compose some of the greatest works that, you know, the 20th century or all of music has seen. Or, and um, he, he actually, fun fact, he took the elements from his first symphony, which was so harshly received, and he actually put some of them into his third symphony, which everybody loved. That has been that. Yeah. He took some mm. of that, threw it in, you know, and he, again, he also arguably took a lot of risk with that too because it's he was kind, kind of, of back in the face to everybody who said it yeah <laughs> just like <laughs> surprise there we go it's my yeah, well, symphony <laughs> yeah like it or not yeah well thank but, you like, so much Bridget for yeah. um, that conversation I think it's awesome how you weaved all that art in the history mm -hmm. and risk taking all together that was really um, awesome. Mm -hmm. But sadly, we are out of time. Thank you to Star Style Production, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and our Voice America Kids crew, especially our engineer, Mike. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Zara Hassanay. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For info on our creative community, go to www.btsya.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, be risky, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars could shine between the lines if you would let yourself go. Find some place you know. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids.